Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 118 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your presenter tonight, Alan Stroud, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Ben Moss Woodward. I'm still seeing space unicorns, and I'm vomiting them up flight of every orifice. And Ben obviously was waiting for his intro after nine o'clock. Uh, joining me as well is Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. Hooray. Colin at least knows what time of day it is and to be safe for children's television. Also <laughs> joining us is Grant Walcott. Hello, good evening and welcome. And our special guest for this evening, we have Richard Price. Hello, Richard. Hi, everyone. Now, for those of you that don't know, Richard is, well, is uh, in charge of running and, uh, and dealing with the new uh, Elite Dangerous musical or i guess at the fringe elite dangerous um used musical i'm sure richard will explain it in a minute mercy in the wild sea which um makes use of some of the uh the elite dangerous footage um from in game to to do some of the story and everything else which is really exciting we're going to have a chat to him about that uh, in just a little bit um if you wish you could join us live we're hanging out in game somewhere in well somewhere in the lave um lave system somewhere Although I'm pretty sure that some of the guys have, have gone fairly long distances, haven't you? Is Ben Ben whereabouts are you in game? I am currently at Blafo Higgle C nine mark thirty nine. Okie dokie. So we're probably not at Lave or Lave Station and we're I'm, probably I'm, I'm approximately seventeen thousand light years off. Okay, fine. So um but you will still find the unidentified civilian broadcast and uh, the orange sidewinder hanging around out there. I'm sure somebody else is piloting. I think it's um, stabler tonight, so you probably get a decent shot of killing him. Um, so anyway, uh, we're also on the IRC chat channel, uh, which you can access through laveradio.com live. And of course, we're live on Twitch um, and uh, and everywhere else we usually are. So, um, so yeah. All right. So just to move us straight down um we're gonna have a bit of a chat through um we're gonna have a bit of a chat through you know a variety of, of different topics but to start with on the list is some development news and first of all is about vr games um 20 best vr games best virtual reality games for pc and mobile um who's put that in the show notes folks I put it in because Elite Dangerous is number one, and basically pretty much everything uh, was not really what I would call a game. It's uh, basically, it's like, it's using a mod to make a game semi-VR capable, or it's a glorified tech demo. Okay, alright, so, you know, obviously we had a bit of a discussion about um, these bits and bobs. Uh, during during LaveCon, and uh, Grant did a, a fantastic presentation of some of the the latest stuff with uh, the Vive and the Oculus Rift, um, and then there was an opportunity for people to oh dear uh, that 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 web link Ben um, yeah it's got a hot link of uh, of Suicide Squad's trailer that was very good um, so yeah so anyway so we had um, a bit of a tech demo of uh, some of the VR stuff with the Vive and the Oculus Rift um, we've also done a little bit with showing off some of the the different virtual reality bits and pieces that are out there um i've also i've got a presentation a couple of weeks on virtual reality too at, uh, at nine worlds which would be interesting um but i do I, I i tend to find i mean 
I found a lot of these kind of lists on the on the web, and most of them seem to talk about Eve Valkyrie or Elite Dangerous or um, you know or one or two others. Um, why did you pick this one out in particular, Ben? Basically, because it's highlighting yet again that even though supposedly VR is the thing, most of the VR aren't VR. Oh, yeah, right, it's okay. not a thing. It's it's. An experience. That's what they're, they're they're touting most of these things as experiences. So um, there's no real interactive interaction. You're basically passive. You're basically if you if you've seen the the blue whale demo or experienced mm-hmm. that, it is unbelievable because it gives it makes you feel. You, it gives you the sense of skill that a blue whale actually is, and it can be quite overwhelming. But you know that's it yeah well i mean i guess that that kind of stems a little bit from what um facebook said when they bought oculus they were sort of talking about it as you know as vr being an entertainment system not a game system necessarily so you know i guess there is a a move towards and certainly with oculus story there's a move towards less interactivity and more about the the sort of the immersive vision of um uh, of the you know the experience that's there, so more about the the presence than necessarily the the ability to change and shape, um, as it were. I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting debate. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about that I have taken away from it is that um, that there is the this problem of the disconnect. Yeah, you uh, and that it, it's it's a very immersive experience, but. You have the body disconnect, which I, I find really, really scary. Because, yeah, you've got this massive blue whale coming towards you. And, yes, you want to stick your hand out. Uh, and you want to see, you know, to feel the whole thing. Now, I'm on about the Oculus Rift here. I don't know what the Vive yeah. does. Yeah. But, you, you know, you, there isn't that. I don't think that the, there is the hand movement. Mm. I mean, it, is a, it still is a fantastic experience. Mm. Is is just I, you wouldn't call it a game. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, obviously some of the older you know VR stuff as well. I mean, I I, I demoed the shark swimming with sharks and um, didn't realise until somebody actually got eaten by a shark that the sharks sometimes at you. <laughs> <laughs> happened to be happened to be a child playing it at the time. You know, um, uh, Charlie from Lavecon happened to be playing it. So um, yeah, so uh, but she was fine. Yeah, she no. she was she was fine. She was all right, but uh, <laughs> it was quite funny. Well, there is there is actually a problem with one of the games. I think was it um, Alien Isolation when they they put the Oculus yeah. Rift in that. They had people freaking out left, right, and centre. Yeah, I I think that's that's quite interesting in and of itself. So um, so yeah, um, okay, all right. So that was that was why that featured at the top of the show notes. I was kind of wondering what the so it's 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 cool to see that you know that people are thinking of elite dangerous as a vr experience and i think certainly from lavecon um something that people said to me was the way in which with the the really you know the really high high end graphics card and the really sort of high end um vr headset the way in which the screens um had depth and distance in each layer um, so yeah, so that was you know it was a particular interest and and made it it particularly um, particularly awesome. So um, yeah, no, I, I I think um, 
you know, I think that, uh, you know, is something that that sort of is is really nice already to see that Elite Dangerous is being as being something you know special for VR. Um, as to you know when when those rigs become a little bit more affordable, we'll uh, we'll have to see, won't we? Yes. Okay. All right. Moving down then. So um, I'm conscious that I didn't do what you've been up to this week's. So. Um, I'll come back to those. All right, I'll come back to those in a minute. So um, we'll 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 get to what what everybody's been doing. I think it'll be fine. But first of all, we're going to talk through the fact that um, we've got an update incoming. Uh, Two point one zero five is the uh, the the update, um, and there's a bunch of stability fixes here. Uh, there's um, some other bits and pieces that uh, that are general tweaks and fixes. A few things for Xbox One. Uh, the matchbox, uh, the matchmaker optimizations uh, in CQC have been uh, have been sorted out. Um, a couple of couple of other things that uh, that are done there. Um, okay, Ben, I see your your bold and I see your caps. I will come back to that in a second. Um, so yeah, so you know, there's uh, obviously a, a a set of of things here. One thing that that does kind of leap out at me from it did anybody own a diamondback scout no 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 okay, no. okay. I, I think we'll pass the, the level of diamondback scout well I, I i might have bought a diamondback scout because you know i'm not past that level but um just the interesting thing that it, it couldn't actually land on the planet i wonder how long people had been trying to land a diamondback scout before uh, they realized that um that it couldn't actually uh couldn't actually get down um uh, which is quite interesting. So, uh, so yeah. So um, now, uh, so yeah. No, it, it, I think. Am I right in saying this update's already out? Yes, it, okay, it came out. It came out last week. That's and... fine. Okay, it was just the way we had it in the show notes suggested it was incoming. So uh, yeah, no, that's fine. So um, yeah, a few things there, obviously, that uh, that are helping with with everything in terms of the way in which that's gone. Um, now, okay, so turning to the caps, and um, I, I did a really good George Bush there. Uh, I'll, I'll explain that. Turning to the caps and the um, the bowl that Ben has put down, apparently somebody's stolen the orange Sidewinder. Where have you got that from, Ben? I'm getting multiple reports, both in-game and in Twitch and in IRC, that the our, under, our orange Sidewinder is missing in action. Ah, okay. There is no civilian broadcast to be detected, and there is no orange sidewinder, or orange okay. sidewinder around. Okay, well, you know, the it wasn't. Ken is contemplating that two zero two point one zero five or whatever the heck it is might have killed it, but <laughs> we, need to, we need to investigate this. Yeah, I, I, I certainly didn't steal the orange sidewinder, Colin. Uh, nope, afraid, um, afraid I am down at the Pleiades sector, so I've got nowhere near. Um, <laughs> the orange sidewinder in months. Yeah, I'm, Frog, flying, Frog. I'm flying an orca and it wouldn't fit in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, I mean, you know, all I'd be able to do is put a rope on it and tow it away because um, it wouldn't fit in any of my ships. But um, yeah, no, concerning, you know, sometimes these things obviously happen with, a, with, a, um, with an update, so maybe it's been admitted. Um, I would suggest that people file a bug fix, uh, bug report um, 
we will i'm sure be doing that as soon as we can uh, <laughs> as soon as we can get off air although i'm i'm sure uh, ben will uh, ben will probably be able to manage um, putting one in if uh, if he gets a chance to while he's busy flying all the way to are you off to jacks are you off to jack station ben i am indeed off to jacks and and grant grant is still off to jack station in that grant is flying to <sighs> jacks yes <laughs> grant, didn't you yeah anyway grant, we're not talking, just now I didn't catch any of that, Ben. Um, so Grant is Grant is flying to Jackson in an orca. So um, that must be. He's just a masochist, really, isn't he? Well, you know, it's desert bus. It uh, seemed like a good idea. I thought I was getting practice in for passenger they're missions. Gonna, they're going to put that in your gravestone. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, oh well. Okay. All right. So, um, moving on down then, and uh, exciting stuff then. So uh, uh, we've, you know, we've gone through those. Uh, we're into the newsletter. So let's uh, let's plurge on with that. Um, and so this is newsletter one three five. Now, it, it, you know, I, I may have said this before, but it, it's kind of weird to um, to think that thirty five newsletters and. We are on also um, 118 live radio episodes. It's just just crazy that we've been going that long, and that um, that Elite Dangerous has been you know, going that long with the weekly newsletters. Um, the content in here this week, to start with the the very top, um, you've got uh, over the weekend. Elite Dangerous Horizons uh, season pass was on sale for 13.39 pounds 39 or 16 uh, 16 euros 74 cents or 20 dollars and nine cents or 907 uh, 997 997.63 rubs so you know crack your fingers and um rubles of course you know i'm i'm reusing a joke that's really rubbish um so yeah so <laughs> it's my favorite joke yeah. <laughs> Well, it was good the first time, you know. The the second one was terrible. Um, so yeah, essentially the uh, the game was was on sale over the weekend. I know a couple of people that picked it up. I know a couple of people that missed out. But um, yeah, it's good to see that uh, the frontier is still, you know, very interesting, very active in trying to recruit new players into the game. Uh, yes, and then you've then got some horizon highlights. What's interesting here, and I know you guys went through while I was away last week. You went through quite a lot to do with the the un and everything else um it's lovely to see that you know they're obviously there um uh, featuring some of that you know that investigation in uh, in the newsletter and, and talking about what people are doing and that it's even caught the bbc no less um dear old elite dangerous does seem to uh to you know to sort of uh get a little bit of uh, exposure and traction from the BBC occasionally. And you've got a nice report there about what's going on with the, the artifacts. Um, you know, very interesting. Um, guys, who's, who's sort of got involved with this at the moment? Well, the, 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 the UAs and these unknown artifacts and the unknown proofs. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've left it to the biscuit crunching tinfoil hat wearing uh, Canon interstellar who, you know, when they ask for some assistance, uh, we, uh, the truckers take to the skies and try and help them out with whatever, whatever we can do to help them and leave the the clever sort of uh, out-of-the-box thinking to those men in white coats and tinfoil hats. 
Yeah, no, uh, I, you know, I mean that that's an of it of itself. It's it's interesting that um, uh, uh, tinfoil hats appears to be the phrase of of the time on this. Um, I, you know, I think it's fascinating that um, it's quite such a a detailed enigma and puzzle. Um, and you know, and any update that we get is uh, is interesting uh, in terms of what's going on there. I saw all the stuff about. Um, I think they were decoding and, and they got partial images of David Braben coming off of some things. We don't know whether that was legit or not. Did we did we find out if that was debunked or uh, whether that was, was actually the case? I believe that was the case when they went off and scanned <laughs> like, the Federation's capital ship or something. Ah, right, okay. Uh, something one. along those lines, though, I couldn't 100% guarantee that. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a sound signal, wasn't it, that was then translated yeah. into, yeah. Okay, and then we've got a, a selection of um, picture highlights from the newsletter where we've got some of the crashed ships that have been found. Um, you know, just the usual kind of game. You know, we talk about ship porn a little bit. This is this is kind of game porn, really. Where you know we're sort of seeing quite a lot of uh, of, of lovely stills and, and beauty across the, the universe, which is particularly interesting when we're starting to get towards. Um, the idea of passenger missions and, you know, and the idea of the, the game being used for other bits. Uh, and then um, scrolling down, um, we've got the uh, the statement of Last Chance to own a Cobra Mark IV um, on the Xbox One. Uh, that's obviously now just gone. So um, well done to anyone who managed to get a hold of uh, the Cobra Mark IV. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of the, the Horizons Pass for the Xbox. Um, and then there's a bit of a talk about um, the Elite Meet at Gamescom. So, you know, we've we've kind of grumbled a little bit about Gamescom, but really cool that Frontier are going to run something with, um, you know, with Elite players there and have a kind of social um, inside the Meet, which I think is, is quite a cool idea. Um, and they're also, they're doing that at uh, Gamescom uh, Cologne, and then they're doing that um, at uh, Birmingham EGX, which uh, I think is quite cool. I think it's amazing yep. and definitely something for if you're a new elite player and you've never mm -hmm. uh, been in any experience of the community as a collective, uh, these things are amazing to, to go along to. And if you are concerned about the fact maybe you can only go by yourself and you're worried that you're going to be this ostracised person left out at the corner of the room, it ain't going to happen. Just go up and say hello. Especially if you can see anyone in a Hutton Truckers t-shirt. They're generally <laughs> speaking usually drunk enough to say hello to anybody and happy enough to sort of uh, have a chat with you about the game. So definitely, if you can get along to it, it's most definitely. It'll change your year's holidays. <laughs> I think, that's I, think I mean, in, the, in that I do a few conventions, obviously not as many computer game conventions, more um, science fiction you know, and fantasy novel conventions. But it is one of the things that you can kind of, um, if you don't know a few people or if you know a few people when they're quite busy, it's one of the tricky things that you find yourself sort of um, left doing something or left with nothing to do or, you know, so on and so forth. So um, what is what is particularly interesting uh, or particularly good is to have a bit of a, a group network and, one of the things we did at um, our conventions a couple of years ago, um, or when, when I started to go, was to make friends with a few people and kind of look out for each other in terms of when you're at a loose end. So having having a social 
organized by one of the uh, one of the games that's at the event is great. That's that's brilliant because it means that you know you always know there's somewhere that you can kind of go to stuff, which I think is really cool. So yeah, no fair play to uh, uh, to Frontier on that. Um, hopefully that goes well. And actually, you know, as as things go on, we've been a bit busy this year, but it might be that next year we will we will look at you know sort of taking some of the the stuff about LaveCon uh, to those events. We'll see what you know, see what happens. Uh, okay, scrolling on. So then we've got the new paint job in store, which is the uh, it's called Flash, and this is designed for the Vulture, and this looks stunning. I just love this. It's like a transformer. It looks so cool. I completely agree. This is about the only skin job from the that I actually liked. I I know that the Medusa one won, mm. and but I I I never liked it, and I just love this Flash one. It, it looks so awesome. It looks it's everything that a vulture should be. I think it it just looks like a transformer, you know. You can almost see either the head is between the two wings at the back and, you know, and, and kind of a um, couple of eyes, you know, a couple of eyes could light up on that. Or it's between the, the, the you know, it's the sort of cockpit place at the, the front. You could just unfolding and turning into a giant robot of destruction, which, you know, um, that floats all of my nostalgia uh, uh, boats and, um, you know, really, really works incredibly well. Um Kudos to the person that designed this one. I, I missed the um, design patent jobs uh, competition, so I hadn't actually seen uh, them until fairly recently. And this one, oh, just you know, well done. Um, I, you know, we will. Uh, um, what we will do is at some point we'll we'll give a shout out to the uh, the person that uh, that designed it when we we dig it up. Uh, at some point during the show or or afterwards, um, it is just just stunning. So well done for um, fulfilling all those transformer dreams. Uh, that's awesome. And then down a little bit further, uh, we've got the dangerous games. Obviously, the EG pilots uh, won the dangerous games and arranged a victory parade. Uh, there's a nice link to uh, to look at and watch, you know, the and see the images of the victory parade. Which is very cool. There's a couple of them uh, placed in there. Do you think it's a victory parade, or do you think it's a rubbing other people's noses in it parade? Well, you know, I mean, I think you're, you're entitled to, aren't you? If you've managed to win those community goals, as as um, I know the competition was actually a lot closer than it looks, but you know, congratulations to them. Can't wait to see how their power turns out and how the game um, is altered mm. for their input. But yeah, victory parade. It's just it's just awesome because you know they did do it nice, and there has been an unusual uh, absence of sour grapes. And uh, yeah. long may that continue. Yeah, I think you know there, there are a lot of things that are competitive about uh, the franchise. There are a lot of things that are you know um, good naturedly competitive over the years. Um, when one person gets uh, you know a bit of time in the sun. And somebody else is is kind of still beavering away and trying to finish something, or you know, one person pre produces a video and it then gets somebody else to to top it and produce a better one, and so on. I you know, uh, I think all these things need to stay um, good natured, but they can they can drive people on, and I think that's really cool. And in this case, 
give them their moment. You know, they 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 did incredibly well. Um, and I I think I would say the same. Whoever had won, you know, I think that's that's important to, you know, to to state. You know, the the newsletter is a nice place for this kind of content. You know, to to celebrate and um, and and kind of acknowledge and congratulate people. And I think that's that's particularly important. Uh, okay, moving on down then. So. We're now uh, just towards uh, the middle of the, the newsletter. We've got the HDS voice pack uh, Clio, which um, is obviously a, a bit of a hint towards, because it's Hattie Hayridge has done this one. Um, this is a hint towards Holly uh, from Red Dwarf, um, which, uh, you know, obviously slight difference in that it, it being Clio, obviously not Holly at all. Um is uh is great you know and uh, and you know it'd be very interesting to to see how that sort of pans out um having chatted to the hds guys at lavecon it was lovely to you know to sort of get an idea of what they were up to and um yeah you know i think it's um i think it's really cool um uh right uh now apparently i've skipped something all right colin what have i skipped guys ben yeah. <coughs> what <have I> skipped? <laughs> sorry about that um, yeah, the uh, the two point one point zero five had an awful lot of changes to the engineers, which has been materials okay. and uh, recipes. Okay, right. Yeah, no, sorry. Okay, I did skip that. So uh, my apologies. It's uh, obviously not something that had pepped up on my radar, particularly as. You know, I'm not that interested in the engineers, but I'm sure people are. So, yeah, do you want to take us through them? Well, yeah, and at the moment, Frontier have gone and simplified the collection and the uh, the recipes that are required um, for uh, producing all the, uh, the wonderful uh, engineer mods on your ships. So, whereas you'd be grinding for absolutely weeks to try and get that... Um, level 5 uh, frame shift upgrade, it now takes nowhere near as long. And they put a lot of uh, helper information and uh, a lot of pointers to where these particular materials can be found. So it, it basically cuts the grind down for the engineers by a factor, I think a factor of uh, two-thirds, which really does help with the uh, 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 the production of of, of these uh, new modules, uh, and one of the nice little subtle touches that they've added is that um, your detailed surface scanner now has some extra functionality. So if you are looking for some of these materials and you fire off your detailed surface scanner, you can actually see what the percentage of materials are made up of in uh, in the planet you just scanned. So if it's a high metal uh, world, for instance, you'll have something like a 40% iron, 20% uh, nickel, and then you'll have all the rare ones, so that you'll know that if you go around there for long enough, you'll actually find what you're after. But say if you're after arsenic, like I always seem to be, and if you scan it, it's not there, then you know you don't. There's no point searching that planet. You might as well move on to the next one. You're you're always after arsenic. Yeah, for some reason it's needed on that for a frame shift uh, grade five. Don't know. I was, was going to say you, you know, always trying to, trying to kill people or something. You know, offering offering cups of tea to, you know. Well, now you know where maybe the orange sidewind has gone. <laughs> 
Ah, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Okay, so that's a, a bit of a skip back. We've got down to, uh, in the newsletter, we were just talking about the HCS voice packs, which uh, um, I've just talked about, um, Hattie Hayridge, the, uh, the new one. And then um, Educating Ed um, is, uh, he's doing uh, uh, an episode with Canon. Um, and then we've got um, Commander Neo's 24-hour charity stream, which he's doing next Friday, um, starting at 7 p.m. British summertime, uh, raising money for special effects. So obviously a uh, charity we support, which is great. And then we're into Galnet, chatting a little bit about, you know, the with the meta alloys, the bits and pieces with the alien artifact. It's all um, uh, all good. Okay, and that pretty much um, gives us most of the stuff in the newsletter. I don't think there's anything else that I've missed. Is there anything else I've missed, gentlemen? Um, no, no, not. Go on, then, Grant. You first. Yeah, it's. It, I was kind of when I when I read the newsletter, I just thought, you know, it's it's a little bit light this week, but I think we're in that pre-Gamescon void where. Yeah there is an awful lot to come. And we're going to have one of those dilemmas where you have a quiet week, a quiet week, a quiet week, and then you've got to try and fit three months' worth of information into one show. So I'm looking forward to the reveals. I'm looking forward to all the information that comes out in Passenger Missions. But the newsletter is is, is something, actually, I think, something that's missing. Although they're quite good at getting a lot of events up, I'm aware that there have been events uh, in Edinburgh and such and the likes of that have never appeared in in the newsletters and I feel that there's a disconnect in certain places between different groups of elite commanders and I'd love to see that bridged um, even the likes of uh, oh no there was a, there was a, sorry Ben's given us a little question marks and they're going what I'm in Edinburgh there was an equivalent kind of elite meet up in Edinburgh that we didn't know about and I'm thinking you know it's it's not that I should know about it but it'd be also really wonderful to to hook these communities together and grow them and mm. uh, and keep that that momentum going because they are wonderful communities and I think even with the likes of Mercy and the the Wild Sea I didn't see that through Frontier. I stumbled across it through Facebook, and I think we could. It could be a better hub, I think, for the community events that are going on, um, and maybe we could cover that better as well with a sort of what's coming up this week and what's not coming up this week. Would be awesome to try and maybe join these in. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. Well, surely. Isn't that as much the organizer's responsibility of saying, hey, community at frontier.co.uk, we're doing this on this date. Here's some nice pretty pictures about it. Please tell, please tell folks. Yeah, can we, can we just remind you, Ben, what did, uh, what did Frontier say about LaveCon? They said lots about LaveCon, but what particular thing? <laughs> the wrong address? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was actually yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, now apparently we were we were in Birmingham, uh, weren't we? Which yeah. uh, was was very interesting this year. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's you know it's an interesting point, Grant. The, generally speaking, um, Frontier have been very good at, at sort of pulling together these um, these sort of little community networks. But it's always going to happen that someone's going to you know drop through the net or something's not going to quite 
you know, get the promotion that um, that it wants to. And you know, to be fair, that's happened in the past. You know, it's happened over the over the years um, since the games been released and prior to the games release, uh, when we had some of the the other, you know, material that was being launched. So you know, these things do happen. And and I I I totally agree with you in that as sort of um, elite dangerous news hounds in that regard, it is, um, you know, the responsibility of, uh, primarily the responsibility of Frontier, but also um, for from our point of view, we want the, the content, we want to know about what's going on, we want to find out. So um, if there are any uh, listeners out there who know about, learn a little bit more about the, the Edinburgh Elite Meet that wasn't covered, let us know, you know, we're more than happy to, you know, to feature you guys, to talk about it perhaps get you on and talk uh, a little bit about what what you've been up to or if there are any other meetups of uh, of the elite dangerous community where you know we're happy to obviously to you know, to promote and discuss those um and on that note and grant almost shot our bolt a little bit there on that note that moves us straight on to um the exclusive that we have for tonight because it might be a uh, a light week for frontier but um it's certainly not a light week for us uh, because thanks to, to Grant um, finding out about what's going on, we have Elite Dangerous at the Fringe. We have our guest this evening, Richard Price, who's going to talk to us about Mercy and the Wild Sea, which is uh, a stage production making use of uh, some of the Elite Dangerous footage uh, from in-game. And I believe, um, Grant, you've got the, the trailer available for folks that are joining in on Twitch, haven't you? I do indeed, so let me just complete this jump so that I don't uh, take any more percentage off my hull because it's at 93% and I've still got a long way to go. Um, And then, let's throttle back. And yeah, we can play that now. And what I will do is I shall... Yep, it's going to play to you guys as well. So, and I think it's about three minutes and a... Oh no, 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 no. Ah, bum. There's another percentage off. Oh, 2% off. Never mind. <laughs> right. Okay, let's focus on this. I will now play a trailer and you should guys should hear it as well. And here we go. So, those who are not watching the Twitch stream, you might want to jump over. It'll probably have a slightly 30 second delay before the audio kicks in. So, you've got 30 seconds to get onto Twitch and get past those adverts. Um, and I'm going to start it. Oh dear, what's going on here? Hold on. <laughs> It's alright, it's just it's been it means it's been playing in the background. Here we go. Enjoy. Alexander Selcraig, you have placed an order of business before the elders of the Church Council concerning matters relating to an extraordinary personal event. Explain yourself. What exactly is it? that requires our attention. Phantom Sentinels have contacted me. They know where she is, and she wants to come home to Earth. Despite everything that happened, she came to say goodbye to me. I had to come here to see you, I 
smugglers were sent to pick her up. She left me, left Earth, left the Federation, and she became a phantom herself. They would rendezvous at spaceports to collect fuel and ammunition. The bounty hunters laid a trap to kill or capture the phantoms in an elaborate ambush. She'd lost all hope, reflected on childhood dreams. It all seemed to be over. She wanted to tell them that she too would soon be dead. We have reviewed your evidence and noted her precise location. This is our decision. Right. Okay. Um, a vast array of of uh, different um, uh, different music across uh, all of that. Uh, Richard, um, Elite has got a little bit of a history of uh, musicals, which uh, I'll talk a little bit about in a minute. But um, tell us about Mercy in the Wild Sea then. So, what um, what gave you the idea to make use of Elite Dangerous as part of uh, part of a theatre production? Well, it's mainly the graphics, to be honest. Um, right. It, it it stems I've had a, sort of an idea for a long time to do a, a concept album, and there was going to be a time travel futuristic element to that, um, and it was ultimately going to be based on a Robinson Crusoe type story, and there was parallels between the Elite Dangerous game and the, the Spanish Succession Wars and the stuff that was going on in the South mm-hmm. Seas back in 17th century with privateers and every man for himself and sort of loose governments and things like that. And uh, it just sort of, it all sort of fitted really. But the, the main attraction was just the graphics because it meant we could actually put together a film with spaceships in it and space um, that looked pretty photorealistic really to your average person. Um, and I, I just couldn't believe it when I first saw the, the actual game. As a friend of mine who was one of the Kickstarter crew um, showed it to me and I was just blown away by it really i just thought it'd be interesting to do something with uh, some of the graphics in it so i'm taking then that um the the play itself is i mean it, you, you you've sort of said and it, it does um state on the, the website that it's very much a multimedia um uh multimedia um experience yes. in that regard yeah. so you're you've got I, I assume you've got big screens you've got acting uh at the front you've then got the big musical numbers um and everything sort of all combining together to create that experience. Yeah, so um, it's it's like a pocket version of War of the Worlds, really. So rather sure. than a full-on uh, rock opera with a big cast and lots of dancing, uh, it's just a it's a rock band and um, a TV, sort of massive screen 
Yeah, uh, I think it's massive. I haven't actually seen it yet in the venue, um, the sanctuary at St Augustine's, if you know Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, um, no, I do. I was up there last year. Um, Grant knows it a little bit better than me, but uh, but yeah. Right, yeah. So the, the screen, I think, um, is about 12 feet wide. Right. So it, it, that sounds quite big to me. Um, and we'll be projecting <laughs> all that stuff onto that. And we have uh, we have an, an actor who's sort of corresponding and talking to characters on screen. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the, the live band sort of electric guitars and mm-hmm. drums and bass and keyboards and all the paraphernalia that goes with that uh, and the sort of lights as well that come with the actual venue so the whole thing's going to be quite an experience for anyone that wants to come along and see it um what what's interesting of course as i said at the at the start is that there is um <laughs> uh, elite has a bit of a history here because there was uh, a uh, an elite musical produced in relation to the original game yeah um, i wasn't aware from, of that was there, there was some comment on i don't know was it Eurogamer or somewhere that somebody yeah. mentioned it um so i was very intrigued by that i can't imagine what that must have been like did it go anywhere was it uh, <laughs> did anyone see it <laughs> if we've i think most elite fans have heard the um have heard one of the songs um <laughs> Which is is and it was Aidan Bell that that had produced it, um, and uh, it is it is quite interesting. Um, I interesting. think what mm. we can probably do is we can we can hook you up with a link to uh, I'd, I'd to, to, it, to the yeah. song, and I'm sure you can you can judge for yourself in terms of what's there. It certainly makes you smile um, in yeah. terms of uh, the way in which it uh, uh, it comes over, and it is of its time, which I think is. Um, <laughs> No one mentioned the Star Wars holiday special in connection with it at all. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know. it, it definitely is of its time, and I think I think it was very ambitious back then. I yeah. think that nowadays we have more of an acceptance to multimedia theatre, uh, and there's just more love for theatre at the moment. Um, I'm I'm really excited to come along and see it having listened to the soundtrack all day today i will be there with i'm dragging a few people along on the thursday night so i'll hopefully get some uh some interviews done on, on there at the show as well and uh, see what these people think who maybe are not from elite to see whether or not it transcends that kind of thing or whether or not the elite factor narrows the interest levels or not i don't think it yeah. will because having listened to it it sounds fantastic it's it's another one of the things really I was quite keen on. I've been to the Edinburgh Festival a couple of years ago, my wife's show, and there wasn't a lot of music there. I didn't see anything. a lot of it's comedy and uh, drama. Um, I did see one band there, and that was the inspiration for me to bring it to Edinburgh. Um, I think there's probably not, there's a sort of a, a fairly large percentage of the people that go there won't have seen live rock bands with, you know, with pull on mic'd up drum kits and everything else and I just thought mm, yeah. tempting a few people in to see live music um, at the same time uh, showing them stuff that that's possible these days in these online games because I think it's still a minority of people actually know what goes on in these things I think um, it's it is a mind-blowing for someone who's not seen this stuff before so um, there'll be a lot of the audience I think will be mesmerized by it because it's just the sheer beauty of the, the the screen really and what what's going on in the game i mean it's it's interesting from my point of view because um in 
you know, my my day job is uh, university lecturing in film and television. So, right. um, you know, we, 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 well, no, 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 not at all. No, we have all the we have all the studios and, and all the other bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but just across from us, we have the the drama performance studio. And um, essentially in there, a um, couple of my colleagues, Jem Kelly in particular, uh, Dr. Jem Kelly, who's uh, one of the, the drama lecturers, um, he's very interested in multimedia you know, performance and multimedia drama. And, you know, in some of the stuff they've been working on with mocap and other bits and pieces to try and sort of bring an experiment with multimedia is really interesting. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think it's it's a fascinating area. And I think with the technology becoming more affordable and more um, mm. more useful um, or, or easier to use, not more useful, easier to use, it means that, you're essentially you're expanding your scope of your story you know it's easier for someone um who's not necessarily got you know the budget of the national theater or what have you to tell an epic story um which i think is is great um is yeah, really well, cool the, the, the equipment i mean if you leave the recording studio aside i mean that's mainly time really people costs but in terms of equipment for a lot of this it was just done on sort of apple max um and um, iMovie and some of the Adobe stuff that you can get for um, sort of like a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. So um, you need some expertise. I and mean, I've teamed, teamed up with a guy from a company called Better Feeling Films that have done quite a fair few things in, um, in special effects. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> but even those guys were using the same kind of kit that, I, that I've been using. And we sort of together we've stitched up what we've actually got now. So I think it's it's more. I guess if you're interested in doing stuff like this, the technology is there and it's relatively cheap to do. Uh, it just it takes a long time, <laughs> hours of uh, painstakingly doing stuff. And I have to say, watching that Twitch feed just now, it gave me a bit of a nightmare because of the lag. I spent a long time trying to synchronize certain events going on in the film and uh, I was listening on the audio feed and watching on the screen. It was all out of sync. It was just, I just had this horrible nightmare feeling that I'd uploaded the wrong version or something. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, not a good feeling. Tell you. If you've spent hours trying to lip sync, get the I, I, sound I, synced to what's on the screen, then it's different. It's horrible. It's, it's fine. I've 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 written for for stage. Um, I've directed for stage, and I've I've teched for stage. And yeah, when when something like you know when something you've you've kind of all, all you notice are the mistakes, you know, <laughs> which sometimes can be a can be a, a you know a bit of a thing. Um, Grant, you you had some more questions. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I've had a good listen, and one of my particular oh Craig I, I can't even remember the title now that's why I stuck all these things into the show notes so I wouldn't forget what the name of the, the song I particularly loved was uh, Symphony in You uh, now yeah. the reason why I like that one is it's got a it's got enough uh, of the sort of rock and uh, just the, uh, that was to my my flavours more than some of the other ones. But the, you know, I, I actually I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it on my on my drive today. But we have a question from the Twitch chat, which is actually just it, it, although it's a bit vague. Where are you from? Um, I think <laughs> if we try and adapted that question to you mentioned that your wife was in the theatre before. So is this something yeah. that you've done a lot of in the past? You you quite involved in theatre generally no um well my wife is um she, she wrote and produced a play that was uh, in edinburgh uh, i think it was two years ago two or three years ago um so that was my first experience of that and but she's been in interesting acting since we met sort of 30 odd years ago 
so and she's been a drama teacher um, and a theater, uh, drama theatre technician. Uh, she's doing the lights uh, as well. And in fact, um, the mysterious alien type creature is actually my wife as well on the film. You may remember it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, she's a woman of many talents. <laughs> but uh, so her interest is mainly the physics of the theatre. My interest is really the the, the rock music. Um, I'm, I play all the guitars on the thing and in the show as well. So my background is really playing in heavy metal bands in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, <laughs> and we just put the two together, I think, um, <clears throat> with the guy who's doing the, the, the narration on the film and who's acting in the show is he's a very experienced actor as well. Um, and we, we worked with him on a couple of projects before. Um, and it's all come together through that, really. So I'm not really a theatre person. I'm more of a rock musician. But uh, it's very much a team effort uh, putting all this together. So it does. It does. It does begs the question, though, isn't it? How did you find yourself in the middle of doing this? You know, <laughs> um, it, it, it's a mixture of things all coming together. Really, I mean, I wanted to do a concept album, so just and inspired by the Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy, I fancy doing something like a radio play. I think Douglas Adams' original vision was to have a a radio show that sounded like Pink Floyd. Um, and I quite liked that idea and wanted to do it for quite a long time. Um, then came up with a, a, a concept and then saw the stuff that's on the elite thing and thought, well, actually, I could probably put a film together to go with the music. And then thought, well, why not go the whole way and have an actor on stage as well? <laughs> and then uh, it all sort of snowballed from there, really. And just got a story together wrote some music, brought some music that's been kicking around in various bands that I've been in for 20 or 30 years and put together the best bits and this is what turned up. So it's, um, and it's, it's who you work with as well because obviously we work, my wife's got, she can actually, she knows how to direct a play. Um, and Brian, the guy who's doing the acting in it, is can do it. So it's a case of there's people that want to do it who've got the, the time and the talent, put them together and this is what you get. Well, yeah, that's that was the other thing. Is I mean, your your vocalist is extremely talented. Um, it should be Corinne, you know, give, uh, Corinne Lucy, yeah, CorinneLucy.com. I have to give her a plug if she's uh, anyone wants to listen. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she definitely. It's I've heard uh, say one of one of my friends um, recently did a, a rock adaptation up here in a local theatre of the Count of Monte Cristo, and. Oh. The music and his intentions were huge, and some of it worked. But the translation to putting that kind of pressure on rock opera onto a cast that some of the singing was above them, uh, just you know, just out of reach, and it kind of demeaned their performance. Having listened to it all day today, um, I reckon she could sing a phone book and make it sound impressive. You know, she's got a natural talent. Yeah, it's um, it's annoyingly good actually. Because uh, we set aside two weeks to do re- to record the album, um, and she did all the vocals in four hours in in the studio <laughs> for the whole thing. Um, and I spent the rest of the two weeks trying to get the guitars to sound nice. You know, so that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's talent for you. It just turned up, it sang on everything, including the backing vocals, and. Um, had lunch and then left, and that was it. <laughs> very, very efficient. And uh, live, she's, she's, she's a beautiful voice, definitely, and powerful as well. So we, um, I felt uh, quite lucky really to get her onto the project. 
uh, which is similarly been interested in sci-fi stuff and Edinburgh projects herself. So um, again, it's just someone who's interested in it and got the time for it and the talent. No, it's 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 very cool. I mean, it's it's obviously um, from for those of us that um, have been producing fiction uh, in relation to Elite, we've you know perhaps have um, some appreciation of of the different sort of you know stresses and strains that you've perhaps gone through. Um, mm. Chris Jarvis obviously has produced Escape Velocity, which we've got um, two seasons of an audio drama. He's in the middle of a third season of an audio drama. Uh, mm. I I wrote all the music for that. We then had um, some of the Elite Dangerous official fiction has been produced as books and as audio books, and then there's music on those, um, and and then we've got Dockers, we've got you know, so so actually the community is very rich in terms of its um, you know its fiction content, uh, which I think was quite interesting. Um, what yeah. I was going to ask is, um, what were Frontier like when um, when you spoke to them about it? Um, very supportive, really. I mean, I. I I just sent um, an email to one of the info at or contacts yeah, yeah. like things <clears throat> and um, said, uh, I want to use some images from the game on this film I want to do for a Edinburgh show. And I just said, yeah, just attribute or attribute the, mm. the, the images to the game and yeah, go with our blessing basically. So um, oh, I, I clung to that. Yeah. <laughs> said, yeah. Right, I've got it in writing. I'm yeah. off. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that's what happened. Um, and Ed Ed C Lewis or Edward C Lewis on Twitter um, was also supportive, so he sort of retweeted a couple of things, uh, which again showed the people who are on the periphery of the project that we actually are endorsed by this. We're yeah. not making it up. Um, so yeah, they've been um, I'd say passively supportive. I mean, I don't yeah. I wouldn't say they're, they're thinking this is a fantastic idea. It's a great <laughs> thing to get behind it. They're just saying, yeah, carry on. You know, yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. Absolutely, yeah. that's fair. And I mean, at the end of the day, you want to, you know, obviously, it's the the piece that you want to, you know, to make work. That's the the thing that's there. And that's great. And yeah. the other thing I was going to ask, and yeah. you know, and I'm not going to put you on the spot with this. So yeah. let's not let's not you know let's not sit here. You and I'll probably have to have a conversation about it at some point, uh, some other yeah. time, because you've you've got a performance to do. But yeah. we we kind of run this little convention for Elite Dangerous, and um, that has about 300 attendees okay. um now we ran it in in july so it's literally it was about two and a half weeks ago all right um so it'll it'll be on next july uh, <laughs> just thinking once you've finished at edinburgh you know we we can kind of see what what facility we've got um if, if there'd be an interest you might be interested in you know coming down to the sedgebrook and um uh, where, where is it at it's uh, we went well last year we ran uh, this year rather we ran at the Sedgebrook Hotel in Northamptonshire and um, next year the the venue's not yet completely confirmed so um, you know Karen and I are busy that's my partner who, who basically does most of the organisation we're busy sort of working out next year's venue but uh, yeah you know I mean it sounds like something that our lot would um, would absolutely lap up um, but for probably you know in a slightly different way because what you were saying in terms of your audience not knowing the um the game stuff actually uh, yeah, our lot yeah. our lot would know it really well but they'd be more interested in how you'd used it so um so yeah just yeah, uh I, i've been i was thinking actually of having a competition for the people who know elite just to, to 
rather than um, have random criticisms, I'll just have a competition for the ones that can find the most continuity errors and uh, <laughs> contradictions in, I, in all the stuff that's going on. I think we'll have to give them a, a free album. Be, be uh, careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, even I've spotted a few. Um, it's just the way we put the, the film together, really. I think this is... It's interesting making a film like this because you you, you 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 don't tend to worry too much about little yeah. things in the continuity if it, the overall thing looks nice looks nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think. Well, I'm certainly interested. I'd obviously need to talk to the rest of the guys in the in the crew. We've got we've uh, got eleven. Be great, yeah. Yeah, we've got eleven months. So you yeah. know, don't uh, don't you know, don't uh, promise anything right now. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But certainly, in terms of in terms of what you know, what um, our convention goers are very interested in, um, I think they would. Uh, I think they'd love to see uh, some some content related to Mercy and the Wild Sea. So, okay, let's uh, let's make sure that uh, everybody who can get to um, uh, to Edinburgh knows exactly where they're going and when they're going to find it. So, uh, uh, where they're going to find it and um, how can they get in? That's a good question. I'm just busily hunting around for a flyer now because it's all gone out of my head. Just That's okay. I've got, I've got the, I've just booked my tickets. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right, I found a poster. I'm okay now. I can tell you everything you want to know. I was going to say either that or we can do it because we've got the website right in front of us. So oh, okay. um, I never thought of that. Yeah, no, they see, see, you know, you Modern can tell. Technology. 100, 118 episodes, complete veterans. We 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 never do anything wrong, do we, Grant? That's what I like. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, never technical issues either. Never. No, no, everything's everything's <laughs> just just seamless. seamless. Okay, so, always runs to time. Yeah, yep, usual. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, so um, set in the thirty fourth century's beautifully cutthroat galaxy, the ongoing multiplayer game Elite Dangerous. Uh, we have Mercy in the Wild Sea. It is premiered at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, sixth to the thirteenth of August. 2016 at the Paradise in Augustine's 41 George the Fourth Bridge, Edinburgh, EH11 EL, venue 152. Um, and I believe tickets are £8. Is that right? Uh, yes, uh, standard price £8. There's concessions for six, at £6. And if there's a family, um, you can get in for 24 well, That's great. For a group of people, which is uh, very good value for money. And also the... Yeah, and also the the album is already on sale. Um, uh, yeah, digital. Uh, you can get, download it from CD Baby, iTunes, and lots of other things I've never heard of before. Um, so if, if you got if you like your obscure um, music downloads, there's probably one available there. Um, and there will be a 12-inch vinyl album souvenir edition, uh, which we're anticipating arriving here tomorrow. Right. Or worst case, not the day after. So they'll be on sale as well. Fantastic. Um, and there might even be um, a free copy for people who run Live Radio. Oh, that's very kind of you. So if, if anyone plays vinyl records, um, yeah, just you, you guys got my contact details, and uh, I'll get one in the post to you as soon as um, they arrive. What What Sounds we may also about... do? Yeah. Sorry, Sounds sorry, calling on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just. It, I've got this strange impression, Alan, that you would be the kind of person who would likes a vinyl record. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I might struggle. I might have to, you know, 
might have to go and nick the needle out of the sewing machine to try and play it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I, certainly I think, I mean, it's a amazing, you know, amazing sort of that, um, that you've already got the, the album and the other bits and pieces up there. I think that's, that's incredible. Um, what I was going to suggest actually is that we'll also, we'll put you in touch with Dave Lowe because um, Uncle Art have, have just recently had their, um, uh, their release of their album, which um, Dave Lowe composed the, the theme tune to Frontier, the, the sequel to Elite, Frontier Elite 2, um, uh, which was recorded at Abbey Road Studios. Um, yeah, basically, it wasn't recorded at Abbey Road Studios when he composed it originally. It was on the Amiga. But um, uh, yeah, he did a crowdfund to um, to get a, a recording of it at Abbey Road Studios. Along oh, with... yeah, there's some of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Dave, obviously, is, you know, is, a, is a fan of the show, too. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put you in touch. He sent me a an email the other day saying, um, you know, um, what would the possibilities be about movies related to Elite Dangerous? So, um, yeah, I think this uh, this might be right up his street to uh, yeah. to have a chat about too. So, yeah, yeah. I think you'd like I think you'd like Dave. I think you get on. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, so um, thank you, Richard. That uh, I think that kind of is. Is there any other bits and pieces we need to to cover on it? I'm just you know because I'm well, desperate to to make sure that people get across to this. The thing um, is, of course, I think, no, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say you know the, the, it is obviously the fringe and it starts on the sixth to the thirteenth of August. So yes, that's next from, Saturday. Yeah, uh, it's not long, Jerry, is it? Jerry, it's not long, no. no but I was thinking, so, you know, no. what, what you haven't done and what we haven't actually mentioned, I don't think, is what yeah. the show's about without being, you know, as far as I hate spoilers. Is there a way of explaining or giving a wee quick run of what it's about without um, giving away the plot or, or secrets? What is it about? Um, okay. I'm trying to say this without giving too much away. Um, I, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to give a bit away because the, the experience is about the music and the visuals. Um, but essentially it's about a guy who, had a, who also worked in the intelligence services who had an affair with a woman who then for various reasons ran away with pirates and uh, got lost in space and then then uh, found out that she didn't get lost in space forever she's actually alive and uh, wants to come home but there's a there's a, a relativity aspect to it as well time travel not time travel but i guess you, you guys know about um different effects of gravity and time and stuff like that time dilation is that it something like that you probably know more about than i do so um it's basically it's a love story um and it's for some reason involves people shooting at each other in spaceships and blowing each other up which is i think that's a perfect recipe for a good night out um i would i would say that would be fine for foz foz will obviously will love that as a summary and um you know he doesn't do story too hard so you know um, if it's got Darth Maul in it, he'd be very happy. Um, <laughs> well, there are some un- underlying ideas behind it that are, we're all very high voluting, high highbrow, but um, they all got very much distilled out of it, <laughs> and it's now it's just what you see. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's um, an interesting story. It's based think... originally actually on um, Alexander Selkirk story, oh, right, yeah. and as I was saying before, it sort of alludes to privateering back in the old days. But um, Which... it's, it's a very tenuous link now. <laughs> Well, well, David Braveman loves his his old ships and you know his his maritime stuff. So you know it it, it probably has a a direct I think as well. Um, I think what we'd also uh, should do is that um, let the listeners know that you can find the website. It is matws.com. 
Um, yeah. So Mercy in the Wild Sea, so M-A-T-W-S. Um, and you can also uh, find the um, find the video. I think um, it's it's up on YouTube. So um, so yes, yeah, so you can find Mercy in the Wild Sea. Just search for Mercy in the Wild Sea, and you'll find uh, the trailer and uh, and some of the other other bits and pieces. So uh, so that's all good. All there. Oh, and we should we should shout out to Commander Lancer who made the the battle yeah. scenes. Um, uh, yeah, I need to I need to mention him. He's um, one bit of storage I haven't gone into was the because I I started playing the game and then mm. realised that I wouldn't be able to play it well enough to do it to film anything worth seeing uh, in a short space of time. So I put a, an advert on the Frontier community site saying movie yeah. stars wanted. Uh, a bunch of people replied uh, who drifted off for various reasons, but the one that remained was Commander Lancer, uh, who stuck with it. He, he, he quite liked the idea, and then he, I think he teamed, I don't, can't remember exactly the order of events, but he ended up teaming up with what was then, I think, the Ghost Squadron, I think the Ghost Legion now. Um, and they arranged to meet on several occasions and, and uh, choreographed the battle scenes that are, are there. So he wrote like a storyboard for it all and then explained uh-huh. it all to the different commanders and then they all turned up some Sunday afternoons and filmed it all. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the, the logistic, that's probably worth a, a feature uh, on its own really at some point, but um, unfortunately he's in hospital at the moment uh, and expecting to be there for another week or two. Okay. Uh, if, he, if he listens to this, uh, I guess he will do one day. So it's Tom Pippin. So hi, Tom. Thanks for everything. <laughs> um uh, it's probably worth having a chat with him about how he did it, really, because I think oh. this this could be a bit of fun for everyone, really. I was saying before, it's quite a low-cost way of making a film. Mm. Um, yeah. But it did take a bit of organising, and I have to shout out to him. Yeah, Aaron. so also get well soon then, Commander, uh, <laughs> Commander Lancer, um, yeah. which uh, hopefully will. Okay, thanks for that, Richard. That uh, I think that's that's pretty much everything related to, to Mercy in the Wild Sea. Um, yeah. We uh, we we will probably let you go because um, yeah. we're we're now going to talk about some other bits and pieces uh, behind your back. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be listening. Okay, well you know that, that's good to eat now. Yeah, sounds like and sounds uh, like a plan. Uh, but yeah. we're we're going to press on, and I think Grant, we're going to go to an advert break, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and um, we'll see you after this then. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Are you thinking of suing over missile python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Brittany, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Brittany, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't. Because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Britney? Don't even think about it.
Choose life. Choose a shit. Choose a career. Choose a cargo. Choose a fucking big shit. Choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance. Choose fixed interest loan repayments. Choose a space station. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. And there's some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion head? Lave Radio. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Okay, and we're back, um, and uh, you've had your requisite dose of medicine or onion, and now we'll crack on with the show. Um, so the next topic we're going to take a look at uh, is the recent uh, news and uh, information about another computer game, very dear and close to the Elite Dangerous um, ideas certainly the the developers of the computer game have um, uh, several times praised and said that elite uh, was their inspiration uh, that's no man's sky which is due out for the playstation and the pc um, shortly it's uh, about a week away at the moment a um, little bit delayed from may um, which was very interesting uh, particularly with the amount of hostility that was uh, that was pushed at halo uh, hello games uh, when um, when they announced that there was going to be a little bit of a delay, uh, and then recently we've had the uh, the situation where a individual managed to get hold of the game for twelve hundred dollars a few days ahead of everybody else uh, and started playing it. Um, which some footage was up on YouTube for a little while, was up on a couple of other websites for a little while, uh, and uh, and has disappeared as as people have you know, slapped copyright infringements on it and so on and so forth. Um, so, so yeah, all very interesting. Um, there's also a couple of other bits about No Man's Sky, which are interesting too. But first of all, I was going to ask, guys, um, who's following this? You know, which of you is is interested um, and, uh, and looking at No Man's Sky? Well, I'm following it, but at a distance. I don't think there's been something there that, that's um, sparked my interest just yet. Um, it does look pretty. I'll certainly give that. The exploration side of it looks interesting. It's just, I don't know, it, I, I think I'm a bit put off by the stylized graphics, to be honest. I think I'm pretty much echoing Colin's opinion here. It's definitely on my radar. I'm keeping an eye on it. And if I'm seeing, thing, if I'm seeing articles or videos about it, 
then I'll watch it. But I haven't gone and watched any of the live streams or anything like that. Um, well, there's, yeah, there's not. There, you can't really call that an official live yeah. stream, though, can you? <laughs> but, like, yeah. I'm apprehensive over the graphic style they've taken. And that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Grant, what, what what's what's your thoughts? It's in my scheme and it's waiting for the install button and it will be installed and it will be played and I hope it's good. Um, the stylized graphics, actually, I love. I love the yeah. grass effects, the dinosaur animals. You know, it makes it a bit more... It's a different game and, and you know, it's not going to tick the boxes and it gets you excited because we've seen Zoo Tycoon by Frontier. We've seen Roller Coaster, uh, Planet Coaster... Um, we've seen the potential of what Frontier can do with their game engines, with the animals. And you can just imagine if you put a real elephant into No Man's Sky with the grass, maybe make it less red and make it green, um, suddenly you've got something that's special. So it's nice to see these games because they every time a game comes out like that, it raises the bar. All you've got to do is look at you know how Star Citizen at the beginning was visually infinitely better than the Elite Dangerous that we were playing in Alpha. Visually mm. stunning. Then Elite Dangerous has been out and it's been pushing the bar higher and higher and higher to the point where the visuals in Elite Dangerous are, as we've just heard, stunning, you know, film quality, realistically beautiful. So when Star Citizen lands, it's going to have to raise the bar again. So I think, you know, it's, it's the way it's coming out with uh, No Man's Sky coming out now it really does push some pressure on Frontier to make sure that when they do landing on air planets that they take it to that next level up, and that's awesome. So I look at it as a game I would love to play. I'm not particularly buying into its lore or its anything in that respect. It just looks like a game I'd love to have a shot at, and if I play it more than I expect to, then I'll be surprised. But... For me, it's the excitement is, is what it can do to push Frontier to be even better. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm with you in that um, the graphics are one of the things actually that attracted me. Uh, the stylized idea of the graphics are very reminiscent of Homeworld. Mm. And um, that to me immediately, I went, bang, I'm, I'm you know, I love that. Um, I think the, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing. And I think obviously the when you look at the the specs for the game, um, I think it's a GeForce 460 that's needed uh, to run it. So what what that kind of means is that you know they're aiming at a different different clientele. Obviously, Elite you can run on you know on on um, lower spec uh, stuff, but um, it's obviously pitching at a, a different clientele in that regard, and it's not necessarily using the graphics as as a sort of sell show pony, as it were. You know, which which certainly Star Citizen was to start with, and now we're seeing more and more of that with elite and we're seeing you know we're seeing more of the exploration element of elite finding things that no one has ever seen the interesting thing with no man's sky though is much more to do with the or at least for me is much more to do with the um because it's less about the the spacefaring because that seems to be a little bit kind of lightweight hand wavium you know it doesn't have as much of the sort of um, the the space opera style of what's there, although you know you've got ship combat and, and everything else, and you know and hyperspacing and uh, and the four different factions apparently in game and so on and so forth, but it's more about the investigation and exploration of the planets 
and the the different types of life you can find and the different um uh the different things you can find and the way in which you can carve your um your own um your own niche into those planets so you can effectively you can you know because the algorithm is designed in such a way that something you do to that planet somehow some way in which you affect it maybe you you chisel something into something the way you leave a rock the way you leave a tree um it will it will stay like that so the idea is that you know that the the entire universe of of it is um you know is is basically shapeable in that regard by the players and and just you know the shots that we see and most of the shots that we see are about you know wandering around on foot and seeing all these different types of life um i think i mentioned some episodes ago when um, when we were looking at a preview of it the interesting thing they've done is that their procedural generation basically they seed in a library similar to frontier's idea of seeding in a library they seed in a library of stuff and then they proclam to all of these these planets um and the planets then create variations of creatures and there are so many variations of these creatures when they were doing the development they had to send in camera bots to these places that would take jpeg pictures of these creatures and every morning the devs would come into this you know um this collage of creatures that had been you know combined together on these vast array of different planets just to check to make sure that they were valid combinations and then they could obviously delete one and tweak the algorithm and delete one and tweak the algorithm and so on which you know i think is is amazing you know i think that that just you know it's mind-boggling um has anyone else seen the um the leaked footage was it just me yeah i'm i'm trying to actually stay away from spoilers (laughs) on that one okay all right um so i watched about 13 minutes of the leaked footage um Hopefully that's not a crime admitting that. So, you know, apologies if it is. Um, uh, I'm sure you can find my address. I'll um, I'll come outside. You can um, interrogate me there. Um, the, the interesting thing there was actually the survivor nature of what, um, what it's about. So I'm not going to spoil anything for you here, Colin. Um, I hope not. But the, the guy who uh, essentially who, um, uh, who was playing, he managed to spawn on a planet that was particularly hostile. So he was having to collect quite a lot of materials to fix his spacesuit, to fix his ship, and to, to fix all sorts of other stuff. So he was trying to learn the game whilst essentially in a very, very cold, dark environment that was, that was you know, gradually killing his spacesuit and gradually killing all his resources. Um, so he then wandered around and used his, um, his weapon to break up you know the mining laser to break up stuff to you know, to get the um, the minerals, and managed to knock a hole in the ground, fell into the hole, and discovered a plant. And this plant was hopping around. You know, it was basically almost like an animal. It was trying to you know, sort of communicate with him, um, and seemed to want to be fed. Um, and then something happened, and it basically his his almost his entire suit was shorted out. He thought at the time it was some sort of defense mechanism from the plant etc etc and you're kind of watching this and you're thinking this is an entirely procedurally generated story Mm. no one knows how you're supposed to behave to make this encounter go right that's a very different piece of gameplay you know this isn't this isn't a narrative that someone's sat and written 
this is an entirely you have contrived and put yourself in this situation and now you've got to find your way out yeah there's some guidance in terms of you know behaviors and what have you but you know that that to me that suddenly i went wow wow that that's incredible um so hopefully i didn't spoil anything no, I mean, but they're, they're actually funny. You mentioned the super formula that they've been using. Yeah. Um, it just re- just reported today of all things. Um, it does seem that um, the there's a uh, a company in uh, Holland which holds which are claiming the patent for this super formula that the that these guys have uh, been using for. Well, that's No Man's that's... Sky. It's not quite the case. What what actually happened is that was reported the other day. But um, uh, according to certainly, I, I saw the article, and according to some of the comments, um, the patent application was withdrawn or failed or something in the middle of June. Um, now, what's interesting is Halo uh, Hello Games rather did there were some interviews with um, uh, with uh, Sean Murray, um, and he did acknowledge the importance of this super formula uh the formula designed by jerome sparrow of um Genicap. um mm-hmm. now uh it seemed that he acknowledged it in an early interview and it then there was some statement that hello games were not actually using that formula now no one's really sure what the the truth truth of that entirely is um but certainly there appears to be i mean the public statements of both sides do appear to be fairly polite you know mm. you would hope that actually there's going to be a conversation you know at some point relating to, to what's there um and how that equation sort of uh, you know kind of works uh, it was in a 2015 interview with um with the new yorker that basically that sean murray said that um uh he'd found a a formula by a belgian uh, plant geneticist johan gellis um, but Johan Gellis now does actually work at Genicap, so it does suggest that there is a sort of a, a connection in terms of uh, of what's um, uh, what's going on. Um, what's Ben saying? Uh, uh, yeah, the, oh yeah, it's a US patent. That's right, um, and the European patent application has lapsed. So yeah, you know, I mean that you know that that that's interesting, and uh, you know, I mean US patents we've we've seen in the past the sort of sometimes there's a little bit of um, tent you know, uh, copyright tempting um, going on in, in terms of what's there. So, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, that said, I mean, they also had some issues with Sky being in the name. Because yeah. I don't know if you saw that B Sky B basically said that they couldn't use Sky in the title. <laughs> yeah, just... Microsoft had the same problem with their Sky Drive. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's right. And they had to change it to Live Drive. But No Man's Sky appears to have managed to, to, to argue that through. So, you know, so that does appear to be um, appear to be sorted. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Um, certainly this super formula, whether it is used or not, um, it does suggest that there is something a little bit further than um, the procedural generation calculations um, that, um, uh, that Frontier talk about you know, uh, to start with in terms of the way in which um, Elite Dangerous works. And as Grant said, it does raise the bar in terms of that planetary content. Ben? I'm just wondering, I mean, okay, obviously, we know that we've got planetary landing and we've got all these animals and things like that in No Man's Sky. 
But one of the key things that was a selling point for me with Elite Horizons was that we have real science being done to explain exactly why the planets are where they are, what they're made of, all the mm. plate tectonics, and all mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. Is Does No Man's Sky have the same level of science behind no. Is there? There is <laughs> no. absolutely no reason why we've got purple grass or no. Uh, well, there there is, you know, there is a certain amount, but the, you know, the fact that you're looking up into space and you're seeing huge planets that you can then go and visit um, within distance, um, I'm not sure is entirely gravitationally um, accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, you, you're asking the wrong guy here. You know, I don't want to end up caught out on a limb again. Uh, you know, trying to to sort of, but. But yeah, I mean, obviously that level of depth, uh, there has to be some compromises in terms of gameplay. And I think here the compromise has been made in a different, you know, a different threshold uh, to Elite Dangerous in that regard. So, you know, I I mean, if that's, if that requires, if your immersion requires a, um, you know, a greater level of scientific accuracy, I don't think you're going to find it. In No Man's Sky, I think you're going to find interesting things, but I don't think you're going to find that. Well, I mean, it's good. It's a guess of good luck to it because um, I do know there's been a lot of people who are quite excited about this in the community. So uh, it's certainly one to watch. As whether it's going to take away from Elite Dangerous, well, we'll have to wait and see. Well, funny you should mention Elite Dangerous. If you guys want to have a quick look at the Twitch stream, I have a screenshot that uh, Commander um, Eric Marquis grabbed from one of the streams, or the illicit streams, and and his comment... (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, Someone's already noticed or or recognises it, uh, which I think it is, is what looks very much like a Cobra Mark III with some... You know, extra bits put on. Uh, landed on a planet next to a red tree in a field of green grass. Hmm. No, that's, yeah, an, I... that's an official tribute. It's one of the things they've put in specifically as a as a nod to Elite Dangerous and Elite because it was it was it wasn't a, such a inspiration for them. Yeah, I've I've seen that shot, and yes, uh, Colin, I think I think you're right. Um, there is a there is an extended interview with um, Sean Murray where he absolutely um, gushes about Elite and about how Elite was so um, so important to his, you know, his sort of formulation of his ideas of what he was doing with No Man's Sky. Um, there are a vast array of ships, um, incidentally. Uh, if if we're, we're looking at, you know, hmm, these things look like things, there is a, the, I think the default ship that you drive around in um, to start with is pretty much a Z95 headhunter uh, from Star Wars. So, you know, um, it doesn't, obviously a Z95 doesn't have the X-wing thing. You know, it doesn't have the split wings, um, just has uh, just has the flat wings, as it were. But, um, yeah, so you've, you know, so th- there's certainly some homage going on, uh, you know, in, in, in particular bits there. Thankfully, we're past the days of um, the, uh, the 1980s where um, I believe Lucasfilm sued the Battlestar Galactica people for um, Battlestar Galactica being too similar to Star Wars. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, oh, okay, Ben. Oh, have you? Uh, uh, did you want to ask that question? I can ask that question. I mean, Go so... on. Uh, ask me that question. Right. Will there be missions in the game? What is the actual gameplay apart from I'm stuck on a planet, get me off? 
Okay, so essentially there are a couple of objectives. One is to get to the centre of the galaxy, which um, is an interesting thing in of itself because apparently the 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 person who's leaked the um, uh, the footage has already got there. So that was <laughs> that lasted twenty minutes. Um, the the other thing is they've got four factions in the game who have competing um, uh, sort of agendas. There is also this idea of tagging and um, and exploring and avoiding the sentinels because um, the sentinels want you to be in certain places don't want you to be in certain places. Um, and and actually, the games journalists um, who and there was a recent interview and article well, there was a recent article I read where two games journalists were basically saying they they'd had an hour with the preview, and what everyone had been asking is what do we do in the game, and they realised that Hello Games were actually being very, very honest and saying, well, you do anything you want to, you know, and, and, and upfront in terms of what you do, rather than, you know, and they, they sort of said, well, actually, the problem is us, is that what we've done is we are trying to map our game experience, our previous game experience, onto this game. And we're trying to sort of see, is there a mission? Is there a path? Is there a story? Is there a cutscene? Is there a, you know, and actually it's, it's more sandbox, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, that, that, you know, it's fairly obvious in that regard. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and I think sometimes people are, you know, are sort of thinking that way. Um, to, to answer your, your subsequent questions, I don't know, you know, in terms of the multiplayer, um, I don't know about the crossplay. I know that there is, it is one persistent, it's supposed to be one persistent universe. Effectively, what's happened is that as soon as they launch the game, the idea is that the, um, you know, the procedurally generated universe that they've launched, that is the instance. And so that is the instance that is then affected and customized by players. So it would suggest that there are not separate instances for PC PS4. Um, as to whether they meet each other, I don't know. Um, I've not seen anything about that. It's actually one of the things that I've not seen any questions and, uh, and content on. That's sounding like basically No Man's Sky is equivalent to the background sim. Like Elite Dangerous, that's all shared across everything. But again, sadly, like Elite, I can't wing up with, say, somebody on the Xbox. Well, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. It, and I, I don't know because I've not necessarily seen whether you can be in the game with someone else on on pc either you know i've not seen whether you do meet other um other players um because i think most of the demonstration has just been individuals playing the game they've not necessarily played any any multiplayer i've i've not seen any anyway so you know if someone else has seen it then great you know and obviously we'd would revise what we're uh, what we're saying it would be a, if it would be a turn it into a must buy basically for me if i can play with people on the ps4 yeah sure I mean, for me, um, the the excuse, the thing that was stopping me pre-ordering it was um, when there was some comment that it was going to be PS4 only and that, P, uh, P, that you know, PC was going to come out later. And then, you know, then it was revised and it was, OK, well, PC and PS4 same time. So it was immediately, oh, I've got to, I've got to buy that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with Grant um, refreshing the button and, and waiting for Steam to let me download it. Okay, so I think we've we've exhausted our questions on No Man's Sky. Um, if there's anything else that anybody wants us to go and find out a bit more about it, then um, then please do uh, do let us know. Um, and if you you know, hopefully by 
Well, it might even be out by Next Live Radio. You know, we might even have played it by Next Live Radio, so we might have some more thoughts. We'll have to see what um, what happens with the launch date. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly available for pre-order on. So if you're interested, do go take a look. Okay, so we're going to move on to Community Corner now. Here, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to backtrack a little bit, folks. What have you been up to this week? Let's start with Ben. What have you been doing? Ben? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can I hear you now? Um, I was. I was here. Okay. I, I'm jumping. I'm. I'm jumping. Okay. Jumping. Um, but no, I. I actually, if we well, we're talking about shout outs. I'm, I'm on my way to a. Apparently, there's eight black holes, something like that, in this. And then I am. How many jumps am I away from? 18 odd jumps away from now. Um, nice. That's where I'm currently going, but I'm getting gradually close to Jack's. But I had a beautiful little bug on Sunday, I think it was. Uh-huh. In the, I landed on a planet to basically repair my ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I landed on the planet. I was sp- and spoke to the wife and kids, and then I thought, right, before I head off, I'll just repair my shields, repair my um, engines and things like that, just from cruising a wee bit too close to the sun, as you do. And your Grant might know something about that as well. Um, when all of a sudden, my whilst my shields are down, whilst my engines are switched off, my ship finds itself being flipped up and over around about 500, 600 meters in the air and coming back to the planet in about a 0.5 G gravity well. Oh, what happened? Well, I basically, I I spun and I spun and I had a mad, oh shit, get my engines turned on, get my shields powering up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I bounced into the ground. I bounced up again. And then by the time, before I hit the ground again, my engines actually kicked on and realized what was going. And I wound up about a meter above the ground at around about a, I don't know, rotation of about 50 odd, 60 odd degrees with my nose pointed up. And I lost around about 50, 60% of my hull. Okay. Um, which... No, I... no idea what caused it. No idea what caused it. I'm basically I'm a, I'm attributing it to some some frontier deity reaching out and touching me in a bad way. <laughs> however, okay. however, the I, I obviously I did my duty and I submitted bug reports and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. the absolutely awesome commander sticks from the frontier help Twitter stream when I was talking to him last night and he was like, right, log off Ben and I will. What I can do, and I logged back on, and the lovely Commander Sticks gave me all my health back. Oh, well, that's. I have to thank him so much for that. It was so nice. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I, I could have probably made it with forty percent hull, but it's a wee bit anxious when you've most of your hull. Yeah, and when you're that far out as well, you know, always, always very difficult. Uh, Colin, what have you been up to? Well, in game, um, it's been. Doing community goals, I have finally managed to get the the holy what I call the holy trinity, which is a, an asp explorer for exploration, obviously, um, a T nine fully laden out for trading, and an FDL for just blowing shit up. <laughs> so um, I've got I've got my three main specialized ships already ready to go, and um, in the meantime, I've been 
Uh, I am now down at the Pleiades sector, looking into these barnacles again. And um, I'm flying about on uh, where one of these guys are. Uh, I've discovered a, a barnacle site which has been completely left untouched, which is a miracle in itself. But then I've also found out I'm able to scan the barnacle. We weren't able to do that before. Yeah, interesting. Um, I know that you could um, you could scan the space ones, couldn't you? You could scan the ones that were uh, um, the unknown artifacts. You could scan yes, those. you can. You, you can. Well, the, there are now three. As, mm. as you know, there are now three different types of unknown phenomenon, which is mm. the unknown artifacts, the unknown probe, which is mm. what gave us the lovely message last week, uh, and of course the barnacles themselves. But mm. before, when we landed, the the actual central barnacle itself, you couldn't target. And now you can. Interesting. They um, one of the things actually that came up in the um, uh, the Thargoid uh, chat that we had at Lavecom was. Um, a suggestion to you know to push frontier for more tools to essentially to you know to analyze things more you know more not necessarily scanning tools but you know more things that you try to testing mm. uh, testing things that you find because the more tools you've got the more opportunities there are to explore you know the different parameters and and it's perfectly fine if you know if you try one thing and it doesn't do anything and then you try something else and it does just the idea of having more tools on your show that you can use to, um, uh, to to manage that. Obviously, when we get multi-crew, you'll have more tools on your ship because, <laughs> you know, that'll be <laughs> the guy manning the weapons console. But, yeah, no, um, uh, you know, moving on. Um, but, yeah, no, was there anything else this week that, uh, that went on for you? Uh, well, well per personally, it, it's kind of a week I'd rather forget. My, my son, unfortunately, oh, tripped over yeah. a dinosaur and broke his foot. So we've got oh. our, a dinosaur-related injury just a couple of days before we go off on holiday, which is always useful. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, oh, bless him. He, he's holding up quite well. He's still kicking my arse at Armada or X-Wing, so, you know, he's, he's happy. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Uh, Grant, what have you been up to? Well, it's been another week of working down at my old flat, getting it ready for daughter to move in with my brother. So we've been ripping things off walls that probably shouldn't get ripped off walls. Although we're a long way from the, how do we get this? We just do, we had a full wall walk-in wardrobe right in it. So it's worth telling this story because it's quite funny. And we spent a good sort of 45 minutes removing this shelf, removing that shelf, taking the screws out. And we got to this point where there was cupboards along the top and they didn't seem to be attached to the bits we'd removed. So we couldn't figure out how it was still staying up and how we could get it down. And then it begins to dawn on you that that's the bit you should have taken out first because now what you've basically <laughs> done is created this highly dangerous game of Kerplunk. And, <laughs> and I kid you not, there was three of us there and the best plan we came up to was to put in some screws, use a large upright bit of wood to kind of prop it up and then retreat to the safety of the doorway and launch a sledgehammer across the room onto this plank to knock it to see if it would come down. Uh, and it didn't. <laughs> so we had, yeah. So we've been working in that flat uh, now constantly, um, on and off for the last couple of weeks. My aunt's flat is almost ready for going in the market. I know this is all really dull stuff, but that's what I've been doing. And then coming home and 
um, jumping in my orca. But on the weekend there, my grandmother, who's in the care home now, you know, the one who I sold her flat, and boy, she's going to be surprised when she finds out. Um, but we took her out for her 96th birthday, which was on Saturday. Took her to the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum, and we sat and listened to the organ player who, this ma- if you've never been to the Kelvin Grove, you must go. It is amazing. It is just... Whether or not you just go around looking at the various different exhibitions that are there, or if you happen to capture the the poor sod that does the organ playing, and he's got a camera showing what his feet are doing, and he's practically dancing with all limbs and going in different directions to play the tunes, and yeah, it's always spectacular, and she loves it, and she had a fantastic day, and we had some lunch, and carried on, and uh, yeah, so happy birthday, Grandma, and hopefully she'll, you know, still be with us for many more. Well, not too many more, because that wouldn't be fair. But you know what I mean, I'm not being cruel, but... Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean that that sounds sounds lovely, and that uh, you know, um, the the more chances you you sort of get to to spend those kind of quality times, the better. And that's it is. You know, it's always the always the best thing. And end okay. game, end game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do absolutely. We've I, you've got a you've got a good in game story. I know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I am heading out to Jack's to take part in the community goal, and uh, tonight has cost me three percent hull, and I'm not chuffed because yesterday I I flew for the best part of four hours of gaming, and uh, managed to not lose any percentage hull. So, Live Radio, you've cost me three percent hull. Fortunately, not a leaky cargo hold, so I'm all right there. But I am flying all the way out to Jack's in my unmodified Orca. I have an extended <laughs> fuel tank. I have a jump range with a maximum jump range. I think of if I could dump all the cargo, I can get up to a massive fourteen point nine seven light years. Uh, but at the moment, it's twelve point six five. What's upsetting is whenever I set a waypoint a thousand light years ago away, I end up with something between the region of one hundred and thirty three jumps to one hundred and fifty jumps in order to make that distance, which means. I think already I am close to a... Oh, Craig, I must be close to a thousand jumps. I must be. I must be close to a thousand jumps. And I don't feel like I'm getting any closer. And it's really heartbreaking and it takes forever. And I'm beginning to question why I decided that this would be a good idea. Right. So are you doing passenger missions a la Foz or are you humping something else, Grant? I am not. In or it's passengers. No, I have got a hold full of oh, of stuff. <laughs> we don't have passenger cabins. If I could have taken a passenger all the way out here, that would have to be one hell of a fee. But this does show the definite <coughs> need for some love for the Orca because if this is meant to be a touring vehicle, it needs to have a slightly better jump range in order to make it... Um, suitable for taking people out to those hot spots because you know even even mm. I I'm thinking of when you go in a taxi on a night out to a venue 15 minutes away you kind of would get pissed off that the taxi kept stopping every five minutes if you want that kind of experience you go in a bus so are we now finding out that the orca is the bus of the elite dangerous universe <laughs> I think so well, yours is, it's probably the fun bus again isn't it just don't mention that, because if I get stuck in a traffic jam on my way to Jack's, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> so, somebody put a rock in the road. Yeah. Um, no, interestingly, you know, obviously the you know the sort of the the 
the sort of feat of getting to Jax is a really interesting community goal because, um, uh, you know, in and of itself, it's an endurance effort. And you, you very seldomly see endurance efforts in computer games. You know, I mean, we've talked as a bus before, but, you know, you don't tend to see them as as goals in computer games. So it's it's quite interesting that this is essentially being, you know, sort of an achievement is a is an endurance effort. It's quite weird. But okay, I could, so I yeah, I've done this so, in, on, in, in an ass, but I could have been there by now. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're you're obviously doing the extreme endurance effort. It's a bit like you know, um, something something somebody mentioned to me many years ago, which was extreme ironing. You know, you can you can do your ironing, or you can do extreme ironing, which is when you do your ironing on the side of a cliff face. Um, so yeah, you've you've decided to. Do extreme, extreme visits to Jack's extreme pilgrimage. Um, <laughs> sure, it was fine. Um, so yeah, so I was going to talk about my week. So um, I spent a week in Bulgaria with um, uh, with Snapshot Games and and Julian Gollop and uh, and with Karen. Uh, took some time out to uh, to actually have a wander around Bulgaria and have a holiday, um, which is kind of what we did um, from the end of Lavecon, which was awesome. You know, I, I can't say that enough. I said it at LaveCon. Um, I think I've said it since. Uh, I've not said it on here. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, incredible experience. Um, amazing to, you know, to, to have all the build up all the way through to, be, you know, the amount of work we've been doing, the amount of work you guys have been doing, the amount of work other people have been doing too, behind the scenes to get it all together. You know, I've basically been doing something for LaveCon pretty much almost every day since LaveCon 2015. So, um right now <laughs> i've got into august and i've kind of started to go oh oh uh what my I, i've got plenty of things to do but it's you know it has been um has been notable that lavecon's no longer there uh, as one of those things um so yeah so thank you to everybody for coming uh and attending it was great you know really really enjoyed it and um i think uh, i think everyone did you know we got all the the pack away i've got a list of stuff that members of the lave radio crew have left behind so um Oops. it's okay yeah we will we'll walk out posting stuff to people at some point soon um and uh and yeah i've been doing some writing uh catching up with with a few reviews getting work on on one of my next books uh which has been great um and yeah you know it's 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 been busy busy uh, and actually i mean i was saying today to you guys earlier the, I, I don't think people necessarily grant might recognize this but i don't think people outside of you know those of us who are organizing it necessarily recognize that just how much kit we've brought to the event because i i i think i did between karen and i we did four car trips to the event with stuff and then the way home we managed with three car trips taking stuff back mostly down to artemis and you know the amount of computers that we needed for artemis but since that stuff has come back home it's then a gradual process of putting it back to where it goes. Because, for example, one of the Artemis main screens was my television. The other Artemis main screen was my computer screen. So, you know, gradually putting those things back in the loft, um, in the living room, uh, hooking up the speakers again, hooking up the other bits and pieces, you know, making sure the cabling's right. That's a long job. So... Um, Considering we just flew out to, you know, we basically came home, had a couple of days and then went to Bulgaria. It's kind of been left. So anyway, you know, that by the by um, is uh, is kind of where we've been at. So um, the other thing we have in Community Corner 
is the Elite Dangerous Prelude to Invasion uh, video, which uh, if people haven't checked out, then it is well worth taking a look. That's up on um, on YouTube. Guys, what um, what should they expect from this? Thargoids. Ah, okay. No, actually, it's not Thargoids. It's, basically, <laughs> it's Barnacles again. Ah, okay. Real Thargoids, but it's basically it's a nice little. They are coming. Mm. And a spooky trailer, which I thought was quite nice. Well, that's good. Um, there's also been a, a, a film released, obviously, and I don't know if you mentioned it last week, of um, a sort of little bit of a redo of the, the Frontier theme with Dave Lowe's music um, trying to redo the introduction to, uh, to Frontier. So there's been a nice little video with in-game footage. So as Richard was talking about earlier, more uses of, uh, of the in-game footage. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, so that's all been very good. Okay, and we're on to questions. So, do we have anything from uh, from the chat channel or from Facebook or any of the other areas? Any questions that uh, have arisen, gentlemen? Well, there was the issue about um, <laughs> last week when Ed was uh, taking part with the code. Yeah, we had a commander who combat logged right at the very end of the code. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, it was one of those moments where you just went, oh, you know, I hate to admit this, but the code have a point as far as the combat logging is concerned. And if they are going to be serious about putting in... Uh, well, you see, the, the problem is, is what's pirating and what's griefing? Uh, and this has been the, the one question that has dogged this, blast, this blasted issue all the way along. Mm. And... Um, I think most commanders at the moment, as soon as they are attacked by another player, they they, they are. Uh, I don't think the the rules of you are now in open, you better be prepared for this, seems to be understood. Mm. So the first thing that happens when that when that occurs is they 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 combat log. I don't, uh, think, that, I don't think that's everybody. I think you know that is is a certain you know. Certain people do do that, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I was quite surprised about how prevalent it appears to be. and well, You know, perhaps with the fact that it's been demonstrated quite directly to Ed on, uh, on Educating Ed, then, you know, it's something that, that may get raised. Well, I, I hope so, because um, uh, the thing is that I, I had a real problem with one of the code pilots who, um, instead of actually hatch-breaking... Or taking out the hatch, um, he would, he would literally destroy the other ship. Right. Okay. And yeah, and and basically that's what my, my problem was. Okay. And, um, uh, and I thought piracy was supposed to be take everything away from them, but leave them alone. Yeah, I, I mean we're we're back into the whole, you know, what is PvP, aren't we? And you know, and the the idea of entertaining the the victim, you know, at, at times as well. You know, I, I think those experiences are sometimes they're one way, sometimes they're another. You know, the, if the rules of the game permit things to happen, then actually there is no. It's very difficult to to criticise people um, if the game permits them to do you know particular things because the game permits them to do particular things. Um, I did read the uh, the subsequent discussion. I think I was I was in the middle of my holiday. I did read the subsequent discussion. It, it struck me at the time. What was quite interesting is just quite how and this is no criticism of the people involved but it it had quite an insular tone to it 
mm. um, in that people were referring to all sorts of stuff that I, I was kind of reading because, of course, I don't really associate with the, you know, the, the group too much detail. Um, and I, I was reading it and kind of going, what, who, when, why? Uh, do I, you know, so it, it doesn't, I, I think it, we, we've got to sort of take a little bit of care in, in thinking that, uh, that, that necessarily these events are, are perhaps, um, uh, as, um, as well known to, to all of the players, you know, I, I don't think they necessarily are at times. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's, it was an interesting point in terms of what was there and, and, you know, I think worth discussing here and raising it. Um, it, you know, in, in the future, obviously we'll, we'll have to see what, um, what happens in relation to combat logging. It is a problem. As you said, you know, people are still doing it. Um, uh, take your hits is the, uh, is the phrase I think, uh, applies in other mediums because <laughs> it's a LARP phrase, take your hits. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything anybody else wants to add on uh, on that particular issue? Okay. Yes, I want to thank the guy. The, I want to thank the code for actually being great guys during that educating ed. Um, sure. you know, I I had the joy of being their bait, and I was in my little vulture and got repeatedly killed. But there were it was actually it was a really good fun stream, and we're having a lot of fun with the guys in code afterwards as well. Right. And you know, it just it was a nice it was a nice fun event. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh any other questions? Okay, so we're down to the shout outs. Um and uh Ben, I think you've already mentioned Commander Stick, haven't you? Uh in terms of his uh um his help for your your little bug. Uh I've already mentioned Commander Lancer, um, who made the video battle scenes for um and Ghost Legion made a video battle scenes for Mercy in the Wild Sea. And any other shout-outs from people? I think uh, a small one from me would be to, you know, um, all those LaveCon commanders. Um, just a quick update on the skins. We are receiving all the emails. You know, if you've sent an email in, Karen has, um, uh, has basically has, has said to people, do send emails in to her about them. She's got quite a few to go through. If you've not received a reply, don't worry. We are receiving all the emails. We are sending the, the lists through. Um, and I think there will be a, a collated email going out to people uh, a little bit later uh, to let them know what uh, what's going on with the skins. But um, yeah, you know, Frontier again being amazing and providing um, more of the, the Phoenix style skins um, for LaveCon attendees, which uh, has been awesome. If you haven't emailed in info at laveradio.com, let us know your commander name if you're a LaveCon attendee. Um, and then we can make sure the skin is applied to the correct um, you know, to the correct email address and your, your account. Uh, any other shout outs? Nope. Thanks. So. Okay. Think you okay. Know. Yep. All right. So let's go through the in-game commanders. So who have we got on Twitch? Right. Twitch. That's me. Um, we have got a ton of people who've been sitting watching me staring at a white star for the last 10 minutes. We have, uh, Ali, no, Alja's Bird, Bitstorm, Buff and Grind, Commander Brusilov, Commander Garrick, Commander Stain, Davy Lad 68, Grum Laban, Cano Magnus, Christian, Lazy Dev, Mark Dis, Millstone Barn, Murdin, Denewey, that's a good one. 
Murden Weird Lit. Probably Welsh. We need John Stable for that one. Peter K, 1973. Rob Technoid. Seacon, 2001. Shepherds of Commerce. Simufus. T Corkin. Tizzo, 513. Voyak. Whoever. Eleven. Wicked Willie. Wobbler, 1969. Watcher. And Excalibur. Forever. <laughs> okay. And uh, guys, um, I'm assuming that. A couple of people in game have probably messaged you, but you're nowhere near the orange sidewinder, which appears to mysteriously have vanished. Um, so, anybody you'd like to, to shout out in game as you're uh, as you're flying along, Ben? I'm kind of been by myself for the past now, I guess. Okay, fair, fair. You know <laughs> that is that is fine. Um, anyone in the chat? Yeah, well, we've got uh, Commanders underscore Penguin, Academic Dust 894, Arkham Bells, Commanders Crystone, Commander Highbite, Commander R1 Pit, Commander Tiatine, Commander Venture, Commander Swarp, Jukalo, Mark Dis, and Smeggy Smeg. Okay, Smeggy Smeg, great way to end. Yeah, there does appear to be a certain amount of Red Dwarf over uh, over tonight's episode, doesn't there? Um yeah, great. Okay. Um, so uh, just to let everyone know, um, we've obviously uh, finished LaveCon now, two weeks gone, uh, but we had a great collection of sponsors um, associated with that, which included Ed Tracker, Old One Productions, um, the CCG and Board Game Social Trader, um, Elite Gaming, Stroke Game Cab, and HCS Voice Packs. Uh, a big hello to them and thank you. Uh, personally for me and Karen, to be honest, because we, we got round to you all um, and you guys were all amazing in terms of supporting our event. Uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you can do- join the Discord chat channel by going to http colon slash slash tinyurl.com slash Lave Radio. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where the commanders come to hang out and chat. That is laveradio.teamspeak.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 8.30 p.m. British uh, summertime and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So, thank you to Colin. Good night. Thank you to Ben. On. And thank you to Grant. Yeah, I'm still not there. <laughs> uh, and thanks to all these commanders who uh, who tuned in this evening um, and thank you for me until next time fly safe if you can't fly safe don't fly an orca but fly dangerous good night
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back.